Welcome to the CV Rise Podcast. Hello, hello. It's been a little while. I'm happy to drop this impromptu episode of the CV Rise Podcast. It's not really a full episode. It's more of just an interview episode and one where I'm very happy, very happy, I should say, to have on a special guest, Christian Campagna uh, of Vancouver Whitecaps FC2, who many of you may know for his involvement with the senior men's national team in this World Cup qualifying journey. He trained with the team, he traveled with the team throughout their journey, and I thought he'd be one of the best people to ask about some of the nuances of the team and John Herdman's leadership, some of the personalities, uh, both on and off the pitch. And he was very insightful. I was really happy with the interview. He's a great speaker and uh, somebody who's now playing his professional uh, soccer at Vancouver Whitecaps too, as I mentioned, a young player. We talk a little bit about his career and his future aspirations, but this is one I think everyone in the Canada soccer community will be pretty excited about. So without further ado, here is my interview with Christian Campagna. So I'm super, super excited to welcome today's guest from Vancouver Whitecaps too as well as many people might know him as the guy who was training with our Canadian senior men's national team through World Cup qualifying, Chris Campagna. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited. I'm stoked because I know you got a lot, a lot of information to share. And obviously, you have a very intriguing story. And again, for those of you who might not know your story, which is probably a lot of people, they may have seen you in some images on Instagram, um, thinking maybe you were one of the coaches or not sure who exactly you were. <laughs> but I'll give you an opportunity to sort of explain who you are and how you ended up in some of those photos. Yeah, so um, my name is Christian Campagna. I'm born and raised in uh, Surrey, British Columbia. And uh, yeah, so I grew up I grew up here, played for Surrey United local club, um, did the provincial team, made that, and then I went to the Whitecaps Academy. And then I, was, I joined them in 2015 and then just played with them throughout um through my career and then I briefly joined University of Albany played college soccer there for one semester and then I went back to Whitecaps for the summer and then that's really when when everything happened got the opportunity with the national team um John asked me to come in and train with him and you know obviously I was delighted and Whitecaps gave me the blessing to go and yeah just everything from then on has changed and you know it's it's been crazy to see what happened and and everything has happened since then yeah and you had Obviously, you, you had a, a connection with John. At some point, you met John um, in your process and your time with the White Yes. Yeah. Did you have a sense that John had taken a liking to you? Yeah, we did. Um, I think it was called integration camps where like, the CSA came in and did some training with us, with us, uh, Montreal and Toronto as well, all the Canadian MLS clubs. And yeah, we did some sessions. And yeah, it was just for me then, it was just it was amazing opportunity to have the Canada coaches there and yeah, John, John was great with us. Um, you know, it was just great chance, great opportunity to train from him. And then from there, um, from there, yeah, uh, before, before I went to the men's national team, I think the year before 2020, 2020, sorry. Um, I was supposed to go to the, the U23 Olympic team as a training player as well. I had an opportunity there and then, uh, COVID canceled that. So that didn't happen. And then shortly after that, um, I was in uh, the U20 player pool for a bit for the U20 World Cup and then I got canceled because of COVID. So yeah, there was a bunch, there was a bunch of, you know, there's opportunities before I went to the, the Gold Cup as a training player that, that didn't happen. But yeah, so I guess I was kind of, you know, like in the pool. I never really had a chance with uh, younger age groups 
um, with the, you know, U17 national teams, uh, my year missed out on all of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there were, there were some missed opportunities before, but then, yeah, I, you know, the Gold Cup came, he asked me, and then, yeah, I took the chance. You know, yeah, I think so I think in more your experience probably more than made up for for some of the missed experiences in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, but of course. I I um I want to get into some of that though because yeah. there's so many like I mean, it's kind of like living the dream of I'm sure of a lot of supporters just to be able to get the the behind the yeah. scenes look at at this specific group that's made history in this country, of course, um yeah. and accomplish something that I don't think even the more positive fans maybe would have like I followed this team for many years and I and I was I was very optimistic that this team could make the octagonal but beyond mm-hmm. that i don't know how many fans were like yeah they're gonna finish top of the table <laughs> they're gonna you know run the table and they're gonna you know uh be the first team in concrete to qualify for the world cup i think that was an out of reach dream for many people so mm-hmm. what was it about this group that you think just obviously being a part of it was unique and was special i mean for me just seeing it it's the culture it's it's the brotherhood um john herman he set that out from the starts you know we're, we're brothers it's one team, one goal, you know, and from the start, like he, he made it clear, we're going to qualify. Um, we're going to come first. And I mean, I think it's been, it's been seen that he made that newspaper with the Toronto sun saying, we're going to qualify. We, mm-hmm. we qualify. We've done it. The fir- And that was in the first camp. And then I saw that. I was just like, wow, like this is elite mentality. And yeah, him and his, you know, the culture that he creates with the staff, with the players, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think that's what, that's what really, sets them apart and that's that's why they're being so successful is they're, they're just all set it, together for one goal for sure and it begins to john you mentioned he he, yeah. he called a shot early like i yeah. I, I recall a, an interview that tim and sid conducted back in i want to say 2018 when he had he was recently hired by the national team uh on, well the men's national team obviously he was with the women's program prior and he said we're, you know our goal is we're going to qualify for 2022 and and i remember like thinking that's that's an awesome goal but you know to say that is it was lofty at the time and now yeah. you know obviously everything that he said has come to fruition but you have to the yeah. first step I, i'm a big believer in this too the first step is like you gotta you gotta envision it you gotta see it happening before it can happen you know and so mm-hmm. i think that was a huge part of this team and probably from the outside we could see a lot of that um but i'm curious from the inside was, when did you know that this team was going to make the World Cup? Like, not, you know, aside from what John was saying and how, you know, that was the message that everyone was preaching. When was the moment in this cycle where it was like, holy crap, I think, like, we're, we're going to Qatar? Yeah, so for me, the first the first early notice was the, the Aztec game. So the game against Mexico, just mm-hmm. that performance, uh, the, the grit they showed there, going to Aztec and, and bossing it, you know? Like, it's never really been done before. So that showed me this team has a mentality to take it to the next level. And then when it really set in that we're going to go to the World Cup was when um, was when Sam Adekubi scored the goal against uh, the U.S. in yes. Hamilton. That, that was a moment where it was just like, this is happening. It wasn't confirmed, but I just knew, like, we're going to – Canada's going to the World Cup, like, this is, this is insane. You know, who would have thought, like you said before, 2018, who would have thought? That, that was the moment for me as well, and I was there in, in Hamilton for that one. And uh, that was definitely the, if I had to pinpoint a single moment where I, I think the stress turned into, like, this joy and jubilation was probably yeah. that goal. Um, yeah. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's funny that the team is probably experiencing a lot of those same emotions at the same time. I'm sure the mm-hmm. early part of um, the qualifying cycle was, you know, a, not a disbelief, but you guys were achieving everything you were set out, setting out to achieve as a group, as a collective. But then as you start to get points in some of these hostile environments, it becomes more and more real, I'm sure. And then, yeah. you, you know, you're getting closer and closer and closer to the end goal. So mm-hmm. that kind of takes me to my next question. 
because you guys had to go to many hostile environments. And we always hear about how difficult it is on the road to go get points in some of these places. From your perspective, mm. which was what was the most hostile environment? And this can you can take this any which way, you know, in, in the stadium itself, in the city, in the town, your reception when you, you know, when the when the plane landed at the airport, anything in between, touch on whatever you want to. But I'm just curious, what was like the most difficult away day? Ooh, um, I would have to say probably Honduras. Honduras or all that stuff. I think Honduras just a lot of the things the reason too is just the past, you know. Mm-hmm. Um kinda had some demons there before and I think the group just went in the mentality of, you know, that's it the past is the past and you know, this is us now. We're a new team, new Canada, like you know how they like to say and you know, they they bossed it, you know, it's the every game every game is the biggest game if that makes sense. You know, like yeah, they're playing Honduras, that's the biggest game. And then, you know, you move on to the next after you get the result. That's so that was, you know, that was a big test for the guys just to go to Honduras, you know, and just really get a result and just move on. I think that was a big one. And did the team experience a lot of the things that, you know, it's like a, it's like a CONCACAF myth, you know, they're going to be outside your hotel. They're going to be honking all night. They're going to be having a parade. Like, was that your experience or was, was a lot of that mitigated by, I know Canada soccer likes to prepare as well as they can to try to, you know, make sure that not everyone knows where the team is staying and all that sort of stuff. So was that part of your experience in those away matches at El Salvador, Honduras, Costa Rica, or not so much? Um, honestly, not so much. Um, like you said, Canada Soccer does a really good job. Um, you know, we had security, um, good hotels. There was, there was nothing like that. No fireworks, no fencing. No. Um, the really, I guess the really thing that the thing that stands out for me was just in the team bus. You know, you got the police escort, and then you're going up to the, to the stadium. I think it's Honduras, and then. You just got you got the riot police next to you. You got all these fans cheering and jeering at you. That that was the one like concat thing that I, that I um, that, that I uh, went through. And then also against uh, Honduras at the end of the game, they were you know they were throwing some sort of thing at us. <laughs> the riot. I don't know what it was, but it didn't smell good. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's so. So there's definitely like a lot. Of, there's a lot of elements of truth to that. But I'm I'm uh, I'm glad some of it can be mitigated. I'm sure some of it is just. You know, this is the reality of, of away days in CONCACAF. And, yeah. and, as you know, it just makes it more special when you can climb the mountain at the end of it, I think. And having gone into San Salvador and gotten three points, having gone into San Pedro Sula and gotten three points, like these are things that, you know, you kind of alluded to earlier, Canada didn't do. And, and when you build a new Canada, you got you to do things differently and you got to have, sometimes have those results as like a measuring stick. So yeah. I'm with you. I'm, I'm interested in... Uh, in your perspective on that. And um, I have kind of a, kind of a different question because I want to focus yeah. a little bit on the training aspect, what's happening yeah. behind the scenes. And, and you know, we, we all see what happens on the pitch and, on game day, but who would you say, and I'm sure there's a lot of them, who would you say is the hardest worker in training? Oh, that's a tough one. Cause I honestly, I could say everybody cause it's true. Everybody works so hard. Um, Hardest worker in training. I mean, Osorio is always putting in a shift. You see what he does in the games, um, nonstop. Um, you know, you got and then you got like guys like Jonathan David. He doesn't stop. Like he, everybody's everybody's putting their all onto the field. Um, and I think that that's really one of the reasons for success is they're all they're all locked in. They're all uh, on the same page to get the one goal, and make the World Cup. So yeah, it's a hard mm-hmm. one. You, it's hard to single somebody out. I think. Yeah. No. All, I- <laughs> I yeah. hear you. Um, that's Osorio doesn't really uh, surprise me at all because he's, yeah. he's just always been a high work rate guy. Um, but it mm. is interesting to hear like 
Jonathan David, because usually you have these these young, you know, strikers, yeah. these prolific strikers who they you, they kind of have the world at their feet. You know, it's just, it's a sexy position when you're scoring goals, mm-hmm. and, and so you would understand how a guy like that with with everything in front of him being such a young player, having so much attention, could you know take some training shifts off and just mm-hmm. uh, you know, but but for him to be putting in work like at that level and and you know that enough so that you would mention it as like a standout is um is really interesting and i think that that really you know bodes well for him in his career as as he continues to go forward he's going to be making a huge move this summer uh, we we yeah. imagine and i think that sort of stuff goes into you know those those types of players are just built different mentally mm-hmm. yeah for sure he's he's uh he's amazing to watch in training just you know he works he works so hard and then you know when he when he's finishing he's just so cool so calm so collected you know it just it's it's amazing to watch. It's honestly, it's it's uh, it's an honor to be able to, to see that. I, I do have a, a question about you know you're preparing for these big games in World Cup qualifying. Obviously, the stakes don't get too much higher than that. Um, and especially as you were going as we're going down the stretch of this journey, what's the vibe like before a match, like before kickoff in the locker room? I know you guys do your like your 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 walk around in the stadium at some point before the, the match, but what is you know in the, in the immediate in the hour hour and a half before the match what what are the vibes or the feelings you know are people loud is everyone kind of to themselves you know do you guys have a dj or is everyone is everyone kind of just doing their own thing music wise yeah um i mean you know some guys i the dj is daniel daniel's always daniel. DJ, usually and then you know some guys will listen to their own music airpods but daniel's always got the music on you know good songs and then yeah every, everybody's locked in it's focused you know there's some ch- the, some talk but Everybody's doing their own thing. They're getting prepared, whatever it is. You know, everybody's got their different routine and it's just straight focus. You know, it's, it's, but it's good vibes. It's, it's all always good vibes. Always, you know, always. That's good. To, it's always, you know, and, I, and I'm sure again, a lot of people listening to these probably have been in, in, you know, various team dynamics. I played a few different sports growing up and every team I've been on had its own culture, you know, its own kind of yeah. thing, right? There's some teams where it's like really quiet in the change. We could hear a pin drop before the game because everyone's so focused. And then there's other teams where, you know, you're playing a playoff game and, and everyone's screwing around like five yeah. minutes before, but it's not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. the characters yeah. on the team dictate that. So that's interesting to hear. Um, and then kind of on, on, on a more lighter note, do you guys mm-hmm. ever harp on anybody for having, you know, not so, not so good fa- uh, fashion sense? Or, or on the flip side, is there anybody on the team's fashion sense that you look at and think, oh, I wish I could pull that off? Oh, honestly, for me, I look at everybody. I'm like, damn, I wish I could pull that off. You know, they got, they got, they got some nice clothes. They got, the- <laughs> um, they got, they got nice shoes, nice, you know, designer stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, I wish, you know, maybe one day. Some but, of those um, guys, yeah, they got the nice nah, nah. right now. Some of them. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but um, but no, I, there's no like, there's no uh, harping. There's no. I think everybody's got good style. Everybody's got good taste, and you know, they they all they all dress well. You know, they got good sense. I got my, my last question about this team because I don't want to talk a little bit about you and your, your journey yeah. where you're at because you're a young player as well with a lot of promise and uh, in, in a new league. We'll get into that in a second, though. Um, I want to know if there was, and, and I'm sure, again, like a lot of these questions, probably hard to pinpoint one moment, but yeah. was there a specific speech that John Herdman gave, whether it be a pregame speech, a halftime speech, that jumps out at you as like, like that was his best work? <laughs> I'm sure that guy has, oh. has many of them. I honestly, so hard to pick one. I every single time, every pregame meeting, I'm, I'm ready to run, run through a wall for him. I'm so pumped up. I'm so, and I'm not even playing. Like I am so ready. I gotta honestly, I gotta calm myself down because we still got like two hours for the game. 
you know, and I, I'm, I'm so ready. He just, he does an amazing job of finding the right video, finding the right speech, finding the right tone, the, the right story, just to motivate us on the right, on the day. So honestly, it's hard to pinpoint one because they're all, they're all so good. There and was one the time that, sorry, go on. I'll let you, there, there was one time where, um, he, he gave us a speech that, um, a former, a guy that was linked to Canada soccer back in the day. He, he, me and man, he made a poem for us and he got one of the staff members to read it out. And that was, that was really motivating. That was really, honestly, it was really touching to see, uh, to see what the, the guy wrote. Um, that was a big one, you know, and that, that wasn't John. He didn't prepare that. He didn't, I'm um, sorry. He didn't write it himself. It was from yes, yes. another words from that guy, but the meaning behind it was, that was really touching. That and was a good one. He knows where to pull, like what strings to pull on, right? That yeah, you guys exactly. feel like the whole country's behind you. Well, here's, you know, something that was written by, one of the fans watching back at home. And I think that's really interesting. And um, was, was the, was the message always like, was it always consistent or was, you know, did he kind of play different cards at different times in the journey, different opponents and whatnot? Uh, it, it was always consistent. Just, you know, um, go out there and you got to give it your all new Canada inspired generations. You know, that, that's, it was really that's the just general your best. Way. Yeah. It's, yes. it, that's what it is. You know, it's, Tactical and tactical, technical excellence, you know, every game. And that, that's what it is, you know, and, and the group showed that they showed that. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's what, and they say that about, about good leaders. So you have, it's, um, it's consistent, it's consistent messaging. And it's also, uh, you know, reinforced like, mm-hmm. like that, you know, every, everyone is on the same page. Um, and it's yeah. not, you're not throwing curveballs at them. Everyone is coming in prepared tactically prepared in John's system, but also motivated, motivated to the level they need to. And it's obviously the results speak for themselves, but I do want to transition because there's more to talk about than just the national team. Although I could probably talk to you about that for another two or three hours yeah, me me personally, but um, I, I am, I am interested to know about it, you know, your own personal journey, because that's a great experience. I'm sure you can carry that with you to every step you take from this point on the current step you're at though, is a new league MLS next pro. What could you tell me about MLS Next Pro and what excites you about this new league? Yeah, um, honestly, it's been, it's been great so far. It's, it's a great league, great platform, um, you know, very professional. Um, they got good production, good, uh, good standings behind it. And honestly, it's been great. It's been great to have the opportunity, um, especially in Vancouver, too. You know, we've been missing out on a second team for a while now. And it's just great to have the, the platform and the opportunity for, for local guys, for just to have that to have a chance to show ourselves and we've been missing that a bit and i think it's it's kind of the missing link that we've had in the club for a while so it's great to have the opportunity it's great to have the league and it's good exposure and it's a good level too so yeah been really good can't, honestly can't speak uh, highly enough of it it's been great so far and what are your long-term goals for me i want to take it as far as i can you know like touching going like how we talked about before kind of that i've always wanted to be a professional soccer player, but that showed me it showed me what it takes and it, and it just gave me an extra level of motivation that this is what I want in my life and I need to go for it. I need to, you know, just go for a hundred percent and have no regrets, you know? Um, so yeah, I want to take it as far as I can. Obviously I would love to make my debut for the first thing. That'll be dreams come true. You know, that's something that, you know, I want that to happen and down the long road, hopefully, you know, one day play for, for my country. I think that would be the greatest honor. That would be, that would be amazing. So that's my goals. Um, you know, working towards right now, I know I have, you know, a lot of work ahead of me, but, I want to get there and I'm going to work as hard as I can for it. And it's cool. You're in a sort of unique situation. Well, in a lot of ways, but in this way as well, that you're not going through this journey alone. You're yeah. doing it alongside your brother. What's it like playing with your brother, your younger brother uh, at this level and 
where do you see his career taking him? It's amazing, honestly. It's it's a great it's a great it's great pride for my family. Um, you know, my parents love it, but they also they probably also hate it. You know, us playing together, anxiety maybe a bit. <laughs> but uh, no, no. But um, it, it's great to play with them. You know, we have got a good bond, good, good connection. Um, really proud of him. You know, he's he's done really well for himself, and I think he's got a great potential. Um, you know, I think he he wants to make his debut this year. He he's really motivated for that, and. He's been he's been with uh, the U twenty national team and he's he's really motivated to for the next window to make the World Cup and you know hopefully the Olympics too. So you know he's got a he's got a good uh he's got a good mentality on him and I'm, I'm sure he can take it really far. And it was it would you say your experience with the national team is has also do you find uh, yourself taking somewhat of a mentorship role with your younger brother's development as well? Yeah, of course. I mean, I always like to give him tips and pointers and it goes back and forth though also like mm-hmm. he can, you know he'll tell me he's not afraid to tell me and I'm not afraid to tell him so that that's a good relationship that we have and yeah of course uh, I always try to like help him out with with stuff that I learned in the national team how they play how kind of like their systems and you know it, it's yeah hopefully it benefits him do you feel like your best attributes and his best attributes are very similar or do, are there things that you do better and things that he's he does better that he would agree with yeah, I think I think we're both technical players. Um, I, I'd say if you would compare us, maybe me, I'm more of a classic center back with mm-hmm. how it goes, like defending wise, and then he's more of a modern day if you look at it like that mm-hmm. on the ball. But I think we're both. I think we both have similar qualities, and we're both um, we both want to play. We want to play, and we love to defend too. So you know, it's it's Italian in us. We love to defend. We you know we love to block shots, but we also want to play. We want to play with the ball. I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm. All, I grew up a center back as well. I'm also Italian, and oh, nice uh, that idea, <laughs> exactly right. Just like uh, ingrained from a young age. No, but um, it's cool though, because I, you know, I was, I was watching. I watched a few of the uh, MLS Next Pro matches for our, our team here in Toronto, as well as Vancouver. I saw you guys in the back three together one time. You were playing centrally, and he was playing out wide to the left. I just thought that was super cool. I'm like, you know, maybe we'll see that in uh, in a few years for for our senior men's national team or. Or for Vancouver as well, I'm sure you know um, they're they're very excited about what's going on right now with uh, Whitecaps FC too. So that's, that's super cool. Uh, you, I like asking people about other people sometimes because some people are very humble and they, <laughs> such as yourself. It's always I always find you, you get more out of people by asking about their teammates, and in this case, happens to be your brother, which is super super cool. Yeah. Do you have um, a, a memory growing up where? You, like, were you guys competitive? I, I, I have a sister, so I can't really, like, we didn't really play sports together. But I know a lot of sports families. It's like the younger brother is always just sick of losing all the time. Were you kind of like that with him, just constantly beating him until eventually he, he, he could catch up? Yeah. No, honestly, yeah, all the time. Um, always playing in the front yard, uh, me taking shots on him, just absolutely smashing at him, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, vice versa, him taking shots on me. And then there's one day where he's finally scoring on me. And I'm like, oh, man, he's getting good. And it's like, yeah. wow, what a player he's turning into. But, yeah, honestly, we, we always used to play go to the field. And we, we have a younger brother as well. Also, he's a player. Um, so the three of us are always just – we were always just out there playing. Very and, cool. Yeah. And is your, your, younger, your younger brother's younger than – Mateo, correct? Yeah, he's younger. He's uh, he's thirteen years old. He, he oh, plays okay. for the the Whitecaps pre-residency team right now. So very I think cool. You guys are just trying yeah. to you guys are trying to like stall brothers your way to MLS, eh? <laughs> the whole, the <laughs> that, whole gang. That, that would be amazing if all three of us did. Yeah, that would be amazing. Huh? I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. 
that's that's all I that's all I got for you, man. That's it. This went by faster than I thought it would. There was a lot of a lot of really insightful things uh, you had to say about obviously both your time at the Whitecaps, but even more so, I would say the time with the national team because that's just a crazy experience that yeah, like you know, living everyone's dream. A little bit jealous, but also really happy. <laughs> uh, that's that's awesome, and I'm sure it's going to help and pay off in your career tenfold. Just having that experience with some of those players and with John Herdman, of course. Um, and obviously, you're on everyone's radar now, which is super cool. So I'm going to be keeping yeah. tabs with you, and I'm sure a lot of people, especially you know, before listening to this, but even after listening to this, are going to be keeping tabs on you and your career, like uh, following you along in in, uh, in MLS Next Pro with the Whitecaps too. And hopefully soon, you and your brother will make your debuts with the first team. So that's all I got for you right now, Chris. Thank you so much. I'll give you an opportunity though to plug anything you want. Uh, if you want people to give you like a follow on Twitter or whatever. You can, you know, plug your Twitter or if you use something else, you know, you let me know. This is your time. Yeah, no, um, I mean, check out, check out uh, Whitecast FC too. Um, you know, we got, we got lots of games, games every week. Um, you know, we're exciting team to watch um, and, you know, really good stuff there. And yeah, uh, Twitter, Christian Campania, L1, LC, sorry, L1 and Christian Campania on Instagram. But yeah, um, check, you know, Whitecast FC too. We got a very dynamic team. So yeah, check us out. And I can attest to that. They're, they've been a fun team to watch. The senior team's having some difficulties right now, but the, the MLS Next Pro team is not. And certainly if you're in the Vancouver area and you want to get a nice break from the difficult MLS season it's been so far, give the MLS Next Pro team a watch and some love. So thanks so much, Chris. We'll chat soon, I hope. And uh, yeah. take care and uh, have a good one. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. That was a great talk. Thank you. So once again, I want to thank Chris Campagna for being so candid with us in the interview and just giving us so many little tidbits that uh, I know we're all so curious about uh, of stuff that happens behind the scenes. We wish Chris nothing but the best, and I'm, I'm really happy that uh, I'll be able to hopefully have him on at some point in the future. I, I want to kind of make this platform a little bit more interview-based going forward, so um, hopefully more of these shorter episodes, but primarily focused around um, a guest in an interview and I have a few guests lined up um, who pe- people who have uh, expressed interest in being on the show so I'm really excited for what the next few weeks might hold for this podcast and uh, yeah I'm just gonna have some fun doing it experiment with some different stuff but I hope you guys enjoyed this one and if you did please uh, make sure to leave some feedback it's always super appreciated thank you again have a good one and we'll chat soon